0: Lynam's a photo retoucher whose work has taken him around the world. More recently he's also a studio owner and he's telling us today how he manages to combine the two roles. Hello Phil. Hey Peter, how are you doing? I'm not so bad, how are you? I'm all Nora. thank you. Beautiful day today. It's lovely and it's nice to be talking to you. Um, talking to Phil Lynam, you're a retoucher and you're also a studio owner, but let's leave the studio for the moment um, because I think the retouching was first where it started, wasn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, it was really. Um, I after leaving college, I did a, like a graphic design degree and um, after leaving college, got a job at a newspaper and uh, I sort of started there scanning images in and um, uh, sort of getting images ready for a print um, and I was lucky pretty much within the first week of starting there we got a new scanner, uh, and free with it came this brand new program called Photoshop. Um, so I was in at the ground floor really with Photoshop, just kind of learning it then and i 've grown up with it ever since so uh, yeah, scanning in and uh, using um, photoshop's been been with me since then.
0: And I think that's quite interesting, though, because what what was that? Was that the early 90s with Photoshop?
1: That's right, yeah. I mean, I think it did come out a little bit earlier, but uh, as a proper package, it came together, really, in the early 90s. And, uh, yeah, I, I think the first time I used it was about 90 at college and then um, when starting work. sort of 91 something like that and uh, yeah it was just fascinating you know the stuff you could do with it that you couldn't with the normal scanning programs. so it was a it was a really good change
0: and if it was fascinating then I mean the changes that have taken place since are just out of this world really aren't they
1: they are, yeah. Um, no, <laughs> there was a time when there weren't any lures, uh, there was no sort of uh, dodging and burning tools, it was all separated. So it was, It's seeing these things come in over the years and uh, making it into the program that it is today has just been, it's been fantastic really. And, and like I say, I've been able to learn it incrementally so uh, I can keep on top of it. And uh, yeah, it's a fantastic program.
0: I mean, that is one thing really, because Because being in at the start, you know, which was a very sort of primitive program, really, compared to what it is Mm. now. Somebody picking it up now and and trying to learn it from scratch now. It's a totally different world, really, isn't it?
1: It is. It is. I mean, one of the good things, though, is that there are now um, much better resources. I mean, everything we had to learn ourselves then. I mean, you did get a book, but it wasn't particularly very good. And it was all about making your own tips and tricks and finding things out. Yeah. But now, you know, you can go on, you can Google, you can find these solutions out there. So, um, yeah, in, in one respect, it's, it's hard because there's such a huge amount to learn. It's an enormous program. Yeah. But in other respects, you, can, you there's now so many resources to uh, to find out how to do things. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's good in that respect.
0: And I think the, the one thing that you mentioned there that I would pick on is the fact that you said there were no layers. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. to, to actually use photoshop nowadays with no layers would be unthinkable really wouldn't
1: it it would yeah yeah Uh, everything was done with channels back then i recall and um it could be really really dodgy i mean the printers that we used to use um you'd have to separate each image off into cyan magenta yellow and black so it was all split up into separate colors and sometimes uh, one of the files would get corrupt so you, the magenta would be damaged or something so you'd have to try and use the cyan and make it work for the magenta and oh it was crazy yeah. Uh, so yeah layers and things like that have made things a lot easier
0: but i suppose the other thing about photoshop is that I would guess that even now you don't know everything there is about it, and it's a case of need to know, really, isn't it? And if there's something else that you need to know, you go out and find out how it works and, and then develop your technique from there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've got a good base knowledge of it because I've, I've used nearly every aspect of it over the years. Um, but there are still new things coming out, and there are still things that are in the infancy, really, in Photoshop. There's a whole 3D as- aspect um not many people use because it's very clunky it's very slow but it's getting better each time um and i think you know it it won't be long before that's that's a really big part of photoshop too Uh, and that's just you know just a side aspect that people don't use um but yeah there are a lot of other elements that uh, are really really good on there
0: so there you were in your early career working in newspapers and magazines and from what you've described so far it didn't sound too glamorous So where did it move on from there?
1: Um, I went to work for a graphic design company, uh, which was part of a printer's, Um, and we were doing a lot more sort of automotive work there. And I was sort of designing with Yamaha magazines and we were doing a lot for Vodafone Ferrari, uh, the branding and things like that. Um, and one of the things that came out of that was that there was cigarette advertising um, on all of the Formula One vehicles for Vodafone Ferrari Um, so um, one of the needs because things were changing in motorsport they weren't allowed to in some countries they weren't allowed to show the um, cigarette advertising anymore so the shots would come to me I would retouch out any cigarette advertising the Marlboro or whatever take all the logos out make it look right and obviously make sure all the shot looked great and um, nice and branded well for Vodafone. Um, and then I'd send that back off. And uh, the photographers would be out on for the race days. They'd be there for three days. They'd send, then upload me all the pictures from that uh, from the event. Um, I'd scan them in, and then I'd send them to Vodafone, and then they'd choose which ones they like. Um, and come back to me and say, yeah, I want that one, that one, that one, which I'd then scan proper, make right, and send on. And then things started to change, and instead of being transparencies coming through, it was all um, starting to be photographed digitally, which made things a lot faster, so there wasn't the scanning in process needed. So that was uh, a good change, and it got me in touch with a lot more car photographers And those car photographers then said, oh, you know, I I love what what you've done on this. Could you help me out on this other job Um, outside of Vodafone? So it sort of started and progressed like that until I knew a lot of car photographers and I was getting a lot of that automotive work coming in. So uh, my main business ended up being based around uh, automotive, really.
0: A car something that you've got an interest in?
1: Um, I'm not a sh- massive car fan. I won't, don't go out racing all at the weekends or anything like that, or doing my own car up. But I have got a a, a working knowledge of it and of automotive world, and um, I do follow it for that re- those reasons. But um, yeah, I, I find it very interesting. But it's it's more of a more of a work for me rather than a uh, a sort of hobby or passion.
0: Yeah, and. Does it, I mean, you're talking about the Grand Prix and things like that, and usually it's just the photographers that are there then, so you, it doesn't actually take you out onto site with the Grand Prix then?
1: Not not on the Grand Prix it didn't, no, because um, they were going all over the world with that, but a lot of projects I do uh, these days do have those elements where I have to go and do some travel too, um, I... Occasionally get to do some work for uh, for Porsche. Um, and when those projects come up, they take me all over the world. Um, and it might be that we're shooting three weeks in L.A. And then we're moving up to San Francisco and then down to Chile. And then we might break and go home for a bit and then off to um, Australia and uh, China or wherever we needed. And then back to base, back home. And I start. Uh, putting all the shots together again so um, I'll go out with a the team uh, there'll be a CGI guy with me um, I'll be there as the retoucher we'll have a photographer there'll be a full team um, of assistants there as well and so when the client is there on set we try to make sure that that's a smooth process so because there because there's so many elements we have to put together to get one nice shot you know, we might be shooting one place for the background and another place for the road and somewhere else for the car. We've got to put all that together quickly and give the com- uh, the client the confidence that, oh, right, yeah, I know this is going to work. So we'll be all sat doing all this and might be in a Winnebago or um, they'll be out during the day and be handing back the fast to me. I'll be working from a hotel. So it, there's lots of ways for it to work, but the importance of that is the um, rapid nature of getting the client to see, yeah, okay, I can see that's going to work. I can see how that's going to work in the brochure. So, yeah, they're happy with that. So yeah. so there is some travel, um, but uh, these the, those jobs don't come up all the time. It's uh, quite occasionally.
0: Yeah, and so I assume that the reason that you're there on the site is because you can actually, at, at that point, actually say whether something will work or not and say, well, yeah, I can do that, I can't do that
1: yeah and i'll show them quickly that it will work you know I'll, I'll be putting it together in a very quite a rough form to say yeah this is how it's going this is where this guy's going to be okay well let's make that building bigger in the background let's move that tree over a bit and and we'll get it so it all composes nicely and uh, and the client will be yep yeah, great that's that's spot on now we can move to the next to the next image Mm -hmm. and we'd we'd usually do two shots a day we would tend to go for one um, golden light morning shot and then we'll go for one golden light evening shot and take our time to sort of make sure that they're mastered Um, and sometimes it'll be night stuff so we'll be working through the night Um, so that uh, makes things a bit easier because you've not got the uh, sun dropping very fast Um, Mm -hmm. you've got more time at night to get things right
0: I think it's fascinating just to get the picture of how things work nowadays. And I mean, you mentioned there um, when digital came in, and I mean, a lot of us now probably forget about the fact that there was an age before digital where things weren't at half as easy as what they are now, were they?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was uh, you've, first of all, you've got to get your you got to get your image, and uh, they'd often come in a transparency form. Um, sent from the photographer and there's a whole process then of you know putting that onto the scanner and uh, cleaning it down and wiping it down and putting oil on it so you don't get any oil marks and uh, any marks on the image when you scan it and then you'd be scanning in in LAB values and you'd make you have to enlarge it up to the right size so it was a really tricky process and then you'd scan that in and you could either then spit that out to films, which would go straight to print, or you could create that into a file that could then go onto a computer. Mm-hmm. Um, you could to load up uh, a scanner drum would probably take you a good 40, 45 minutes, and you'd probably get 50 shots on one of those to then start working up so it was a laborious process and in, in all of that now you know it's just click 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 you know yeah. it's digital straight away and there's a lot less processes in between you haven't got to worry about the dust on the transparency or it might be getting scratched or um, you know all of these processes uh, have been eliminated now by going straight to digital yeah.
0: So, somewhere along the lines there, you, you started off as an employee and then you, you moved to being self employed.
1: Yeah, and that was really um, after the Vodafone project, really. It was just by then I knew a lot of car photographers and um, it was it sent fit to start, start on my own, really. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd got enough work coming from, uh, from other angles to, uh, to get cracking with that, really. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was good fun.
0: And how long ago was that?
1: Um, I think that was about uh, 2005, I think 2005 I first started, um, and I had a different business partner then, we were in a, there was two of us working together, but uh, since then I've, I've got on my own way and uh, I've just got my own place now.
0: Right, so I think this is possibly where we start moving towards the studio, and, and you're actually the owner of the boardroom studio in Derby, um, so how did that evolve?
1: Yeah, well, I had a studio at home, which I did my retouching from, which is all nice and secure. Just a small space, just needed for a a few computers in there to keep me working. But my internet is pretty poor there, so I was looking for better um, uh, broadband. Um, So I was looking in town, in Derby, for that, uh, which is only 10 minutes from me, so it was easy to get to. Good internet, and uh, I found a couple of places, but weren't quite, quite right. Um, and then I just happened across the boardroom and I walked in and it it wasn't really fully for sale then. I was looking at a different building, but as soon as I walked in, I thought, wow, what an amazing space. It's just such a beautiful Georgian, um, the architecture is amazing, Um, and I could just instantly see it being a a photo studio. Um, And I thought, wow, this is great, because I can work in the room next door and hire out the studio and um yeah so that's the that's how it started really it was looking for internet and then just happening across this wonderful building
0: but am i right in saying that even though you saw this as being a great idea for a studio there wasn't really any great photography interest there at that time was there
1: um i'd obviously been to a lot of studios over the years uh with doing car stuff um, and i 've um, always photographed and i 'd done a bit of landscape in the past and i 'd done um, some commercial work which uh, uh, photography wise but not really and certainly not in model photography i 'd not really had any experience with it at all, um, but just saw the uh, saw the potential there and just thought wow this could this could really work i 'd not really taken any any model photography at all at that stage um, but uh, I could just see what a beautiful space it would be.
0: Yeah, and you do do quite a bit more studio photography yourself now, don't you?
1: Yeah, I do, I do. Um, and I think that was, again, with the need for trying to show what is possible here. Um, I just thought, you know, I'll, I'll hire a model and I'll have a go and uh, see, if, see if I can try a few different aspects of it, you know, show the fireplace and show the stairs and show the windows in a different way. And, um, yeah, in doing that, I just it's, they, i just loved it. I, I really enjoyed the process. Yeah. Um, and that was with a model called Georgia Annabelle. Um, and uh, she's a local girl. She's Ashbourne. Um, and, uh, yeah, just thoroughly enjoyed the process. And uh, I've never stopped since, really. I've went, if I've ever had a bit of spare time or if a model comes to the studio and has a bit of spare time, I try and get a little shoot in, and, uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been really good fun.
0: So just tell me a little bit about the studio. I mean, we'll, you know, sell it to me a little bit.
1: Well, it's uh, we've got three beautiful Georgian windows with shutters that can shut down. So the whole room can go to um, pitch black, if need be, um, by shutting the shutters. Uh, or you can have this lovely... Um, Daylight coming through. Uh, which It's south facing, so uh, sorry, it's north facing. But the sun bounces off the um, buildings next door, and we're just given this really lovely, soft lit room. Um, and it's um, yeah, it, it's brilliant. I love using it for uh, natural light. But it, we've also got a set of constant lights, and we've got a set of Ellen Crum as well. So. Um, they 're always good and fun to try new things too and uh, yeah, the boardroom 's got lots of lots of little architectural features um, of that time it 's all white um, i 've put a little bit of tone on when I painted the walls, so they 're just like a soft it 's slightly gray, um, which just helps to keep a little bit of tone in there if you shoot in so um that uh, rather than it being pure white and getting blown out, you have a little bit of tone so you can. Always retouch those to different colours if you need to, or yeah, it's uh it's it's a really lovely space. Uh, we're, we're because it's Grade two listed, I'm not allowed to put any um, paper rolls up on the walls or things like that. But uh, we've got all the nice stands we can quickly pop up. We've got lots of backdrops and uh, different colours, and yeah, so it's it's got a huge potential really.
0: And I think you mentioned a fireplace, which is a bit of a feature, isn't it? Yeah,
1: it is. Yeah, all the fireplaces in the in the whole building. Um, come from uh, out of the Chatsworth quarry uh, which is just uh, sort of 40 minutes away up the road. Uh, The building was originally built for the family who had Harkington Hall um, and which were quite close to uh, Chatsworth and I'm sure that's how they got the the stone but uh, yeah they're they're beautiful the fireplaces and they've got um, they call them the Derbyshire screws which are like little sea um, creatures in there, fossils uh, so yeah, they're are they're, uh, they're, they're stunning. Not, lots of little features all over the building, really.
0: Yeah. And do, do you run any events from the studio at all?
1: We have done. We've done some group events. Uh, used to do a creative evening as well. Uh, often have sister of Sinisters been up a few times, doing some makeup workshops and events. Um, we have lots of studio days where uh, models all come in and uh, and uh, whether they have. It's either a, uh, one-to-one sessions, or they may have group sessions, uh, and they tend to put those up on the Purple Port site, or on the Facebook, um, or Instagram stories, that sort of thing. Um, whether the group stuff will continue uh, in the immediate future or not, I'm not sure. What with everything yeah. um, at the moment, but um, I'm sure one-to-ones will start up first. I think, if if anything.
0: And just for anybody who's listening at a later date, we're talking just after the announcement's been made of some slight relaxations of the coronavirus lockdown, um, which means that within the next couple of weeks from us making this recording, there is going to be a return to some sort of normality. Um, But as yet, we don't know. It's interesting that you mentioned their sister of Sinister because if anybody's listening to this, um, they might have missed the fact that A couple of recordings before, I did speak to her as well. So if anybody wants to know the sort of thing that takes place in your events, um, if you go back and look up Sister of Sinister, and you'll get a bit of an idea of the sort of work that she creates and the workshops that she runs. Um, Yeah,
1: they're fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's quite interesting, this, but just on sort of one last note, I mean, you've talked about the fact that your work can take you all over the world. Um, Now as you're a studio owner as well, do the two conflict at all? Um,
1: Sometimes. So far I've been looking as far as uh, the studio's been fairly light when I've been away. Um, But I I do have um, uh, other people who can come in and look after the studio as well, so um, it's not such a problem if I have to work away. But uh, usually I'm around yeah. to help out with anybody in the studio um,
0: yeah well it's been fascinating talking to you and I mean you know I think I could sit here and, and chat away all day <laughs> um, so perhaps when we get round to some better times and we've actually got some photography going through the studio um, you'll come back and talk to me again and, and we can see how things are going on but Fantastic. for the moment I'd yeah, love to Peter um, I'll say thanks ever so much and look forward to seeing you soon great stuff, thanks very much Bye. see you soon